Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Mr. Frogthroat? Yeah, well, you know, hey. <laughs> You, know. you sound better than you did oh, hey. last week yeah. um, when you had the plague. Yeah, uh, for our loyal listeners, um, I was one of those people who ended up getting the flu after getting the flu shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't mean you shouldn't get a flu no, shot. No, no, We're no, not no. saying that. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, because that's, it, it, it that's more rare than it is yes. common. Okay, it doesn't cover you know every strand or every variation. <laughs> I know this. Um, and according to my doctors, the flu shot probably um, mitigated uh, how badly I got it. But one, one of the effects was that I ended up with an upper respiratory of infection um, leading to um, – And your sexy Kathleen Turner voice uh, that, uh, well, that you yeah. have. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> I, I, is it a Kathleen Turner-esque or is it Deborah Winger-esque? To me, it's Kathleen Turner because oh, okay. hers is a lower. Oh, okay. It's got that sort of more resonant. Uh, so it's got a lower timber. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. But either one works. Oh, I'm okay. Happy, happy well, but uh, no, I'm happy to be alive. Um, Yay! Yeah, because last week I wasn't entirely <laughs> sure, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I might make it. Yeah. I might not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. So, so I know that we. Okay. So for loyal listeners, we have decided we are going to try to release more in time with what's happening. Yes. Um, so we're recording this uh, on the 23rd. We hope to release by the 30th or so, so that we're around a week. Um, we'll see if that actually happens. So uh, Hope it, springs eternal. Yes. But um, so right now, the biggest thing in the news is the impeachment um uh, of President Trump. The impeachment trial has gone to the Senate. We have decided we're not going to talk about that until uh, later on. If there's a huge development, we'll talk about it. But we've decided that we're going to leave that for we'll analyze what happens when it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, we just think that you're being inundated with that information pretty much constantly. I know NPR is playing it live. Yes. So there is that access to it. We invite you to listen to that. But we are not going to be talking about that. Uh, we are going to be talking about a few things, though, that maybe tangentially relate. So as uh, listeners know, I regularly um, fantasize about being president, although at this point, the field is still open enough. That I, can, <laughs> yeah. I might have a chance. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, come October. You know, so exactly. I, you Mia know, Rogers it, could be running could you know, be for the office the of president. Um, uh, I mean, in, if Mike Bloomberg can do it, although he's got significantly more money in his bank account than uh, I have in he, mine. Yeah, he, he does have some uh, resources yeah. than most Americans. And in fairness, he's got some chops. I mean, yes. he's, you know, he's been made of the of New York and he's done some stuff in, so in, in, in so, what party would you run uh, uh, would be uh, uh, the basis would I run in yeah I think I'd probably I don't would, I know that you would, can't run as an independent although that would be what I would prefer okay because I'm so um, middle of the road in my politics that <laughs> yeah. I probably would be like <laughs> yeah. I would want to run in yeah. some sort of I would run as a moderate. Okay. And people would say, what party? I'd be like, the moderate party. I want to talk about politics in moderation, hence why we have civil discourse. discourse right? Like the a, idea yeah. that we're both basically moderates, I think, yes. yeah. in most of our positions. Although, yes. I, although I will admit to a small but but 
wildly um, colorful libertarian streak occasionally where I, I, again, I want to move to the woods and be left alone, alone you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I wouldn't make it in the woods. I'd be like that guy in Alaska who unfortunately his house burned down around him. Um, fortunately, he lived, but I would uh, that'd be like me. That would be the kind of thing that would happen to me if I went to the woods. So I think I have many to of us that. who are um, introverted or um, who have been labeled loners or having loner streaks, um, there is something um, that, that appeals to us um, in regards to being libertarian. Okay? Yes. But but then we recognize that a lot of things that we rely on on a daily basis. Yeah, are, I really like water. Yeah, water, I really like roads. You know, electricity. I like. Schools, okay. I like uh, yeah, you know those kinds I like of things. Those things. You know, which require that you can't live completely. You know, Alone, off the yeah exactly. off the grid. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, 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 and I, I just frankly, like, I'm too soft to live that way. I mean, I recognize that I've been raised in a in a v- very middle class sort of world of whenever I flick the tap, the water comes on. Whenever sure. I flick the the light switch, the power comes on. Right? Like, you know, I, I've I've only sat in the dark by choice. Um, so I think it would be it would be hard for me to learn some of those. Although there's a part of me that's very tempted, right? Because sure, you know, that's your response when you when you get overwhelmed by things sometimes too. I also had the response over Christmas that I wasn't going to watch any news, uh, and that lasted about six hours, which I thought may be the longest time that I've gone without checking yeah, one I, of the news I, channels. Yeah, so. I tell myself, uh, uh, you know, when school is out and, you know, my daughter's on vacation that, you know, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to go ahead and look at my news feed on my phone. Right. Okay. And, you know, the, the longest I've gone is about a day and a half. And Ooh, I, sweet. And I, and I feel so disconnected. <laughs> okay. Like, e- 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 even as I am complaining. Right. As I am reading articles or or watching a news show, I start complaining. And I'm like, and, and, and this is why I feel disconnected, right? But nevertheless, um, uh, I like to know what's going on. Um, my, yeah. my, my, my brain is, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I want to know things. Um, um, uh, I, I'm a worrier. See, I... Perhaps getting a master's in Homeland Security Emergency Preparedness might oh, kind of been yeah, the, best the best choice for yeah. a person who yeah. naturally worries about everything because then it just gave me more stuff to worry about. Um, but it also in some ways gave me a feeling of control, which was nice. Like I, I now understand more and therefore I feel like sure. I can handle it better. But I have to admit that one of the reasons that I check the news on a regular basis is to make sure that things like like the coronavirus uh, isn't found in Virginia, right? Or sure. or uh, we haven't suddenly gone to war with another country sure. or whatever, right? Like it's it, part of it is me just sort of um, being catastrophic in my thinking, checking the news to make sure it's not as catastrophic as I think it could be. Yeah. And, Which and I think it, is probably the regular – most people I think probably – um, if they really sat back and thought, you know, is this the worst time ever, they could think to themselves, no, there have been worse things that have happened. Yeah, and and, and ultimately, and we will get around to it, the, the subject of today's podcast, okay, um, is an event that actually did happen uh, before the articles of impeachment were um, uh, voted on by the House and transferred to the Senate, um, you know, and you probably saw the the memes, okay? You know, brand new year, and you know, day three we're going to war, right? Right? 
<laughs> you know, they, and, and they, you know, hi, twenty twenty. Right, we're okay. going to war. We're yeah. we're, we're going or to we're war. We're going to more war because we're, we're still at yeah. war with you know we, several we, in several places on the planet. Yeah, we're fighting a global war on terrorism. Okay, it's not been. We're, a, fly, we're fighting yeah. a war on drugs. Right. We're, okay, but so. You know, in, in like, I think, as you said, like many Americans, you kind of sort of wake up and you're like, okay, so what did happen? Right. Oh, what oh, happened oh, while I was, was sleeping? sleeping, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I have to admit, occasionally I'm afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. Or, or um, uh, and we both know this, you know, you, you have a particular uh, work day where you have a lot of meetings set up. Um, or in my case, you know, uh, I might have like, you know, two or three classes in a row. I'm not checking my phone um, and the classes end. And the next thing you know, I'm like, OK, so are we at war? Um, uh, are the, the fires in Australia okay, still or, burning burn, burning or, you yeah. know, or, you know, are, are they having any success in putting them out? Is the weather helping? Right. right? Are, or, and now with this in China, you know, the, the you know what's the death toll, which is terrifying right. for people. I mean, I feel bad for uh, and, people and, I don't know, but who are dying of things that are. And, you, and, know. you know, and what's, you know, the, the World Health uh, Community going to do to address it? Exactly. Um, is 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 basically stopping traffic in and out of, certain, you know, certain communities in China. Is that going to help? You know, is that going to help? I mean, these are the kinds of things that I think, you know, many folks you know, have questions about, right? And so it's pretty hard to go ahead and just say, yeah, I'm just going to completely cut myself off, right? Right. Right. I Um, mean, Chinese New Year is the 25th, I think. I think it's January 25th this year. And they've now canceled a lot of the large-scale celebrations because they're worried about having large groups of people together because diseases, even though um, this disease is not as communicable as some others. I'm thinking Ebola, which is yeah. highly communicable, right? Or even the flu, which is highly communicable. Yeah. It's still communicable. And so they're having to, well, that's a huge effect on your morale as a country. Three, yeah. Like imagine if us, if yeah. we just canceled New Year's Eve, like, oh, no, we're not going to drop that ball in Times Square, but go home, right? That would be yep, sorry. at you some know, level no, very, no, very no. sort of sad making for the country. Yeah, no July 4th. Okay. Right, right. So no, no fireworks, yeah, no, no hot dogs. Go yeah. away. Yeah, no right? cookouts. Like, nobody okay. gets to be near each other. Okay. Everybody and wear masks and don't shake hands. You know, nobody's going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, your favorite no parades, parades, no la- lakes, you, yeah. know, no, you know, no rivers, okay? No, no baseball, uh, no base- which is tragic for a lot of people. Uh, oh, oh, good Lord. I know for you and yeah, Saladino, yeah, it's yeah, the end of the world. Oh, yeah, I mean, what, no baseball on July 4th? <laughs> okay. Well, why bother? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even getting out of bed today. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> What kind of holiday is this? <laughs> right. So, you know, I so anyway, yeah. I say all that by way of saying um, one of the things I wanted to talk about um, with this sort of tangentially related to this presidential stuff that's going on is this idea of war. And so I was thinking that if I became president, so I have this plan. You yes. want to hear my plan? It's sure. fabulous. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So if. Here's what I figured. 90% of the people in Canada live within 30 miles of the Canadian-American border. Yes, they do. So if I could get all of the Americans on the American side to just move 30 miles north, I effectively invade and take Canada. Okay. Right? Okay. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yes. I mean, assuming that the Canadians aren't going to fight back too much. 
which some of them will, but there will be some resistance. But some people will be like, whatever, it's fine, because they're mean, Canadian. I mean, they're not really angry people as a general rule. The, they got the, mad over donuts I mean, with, the, 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 with that is, Justin Trudeau buying that, donuts from a local shop. And, oh, my gosh, why don't you go to Tim I mean, Hortons? That, that is and, one of the stereotypes of Canadians, is that they're generally a, a, a nice group of people. Right. I think it's, if we did it nicely— they they might take it well, right? Like I think they would take it better than if we came up with soldiers and tried to make it all. Ooh, we're going to make this painful. And, I think, and, and this is going to be one of your first executive orders when you become yeah, president. Yeah, everybody move north thirty miles. Okay. <laughs> now, theoretically, here's what I here's what I want to know. Yes. Can I do that? Can I invade Canada? And I mean, I'm picking Canada because I think that. It, it, since it's an unprotected border, I think it would be easier in some ways than Mexico. Um, so th- th- this is an executive order to go ahead and start a war with a neighboring country, and you're concerned about the cost of doing so. No, that, that's uh, that's very budgetary. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to you know, make an expensive war. For, oh, okay. All right. I don't, All right. That's not useful. Okay. We're already – there's that debt clock thing, which is terrifying, right? Yeah, the thing that flips constantly. Yeah, the one yeah, in New York yeah, yeah, that I, makes, I, I, that makes I, I, you break into a sweat when you I, look I, at I, it. I've gotten rid of that particular website as a bookmark, okay, <laughs> on my— It's uh, probably smart. Okay, because, again, this is one of those things that it will just completely drive you nuts, <laughs> right? I mean, I thought I would just get numb. And instead, I just, like, you know, started, you know, spinning all of these, you know, worst-case scenarios. I just had to stop, right? Yeah. Okay. So— to your question, Theoret- theoretically, then, could you go ahead and do this? Right. Can I Can uh, I invade Canada? Uh, under current— As uh, president, not as me. Uh, yeah, yeah as, <laughs> of course, as president. I mean, I don't think I would be very successful yeah, invading yeah. Canada by myself. Uh, uh, under um, uh, uh, current uh, Supreme Court precedent and also uh, current federal law, you could for a period of time. But then you would have to go ahead and report to the United States Congress— per the War Powers uh, Act, um, that you have gone ahead and invaded another country. So I can do it. Yes. And then ask for forgiveness. Yes. This is better, like, than the permission thing. Well, yeah. I mean, as you you and others have noted, my you know, one of my uh, standard operating procedures as an individual is – it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. <laughs> yes, that does seem to be the way you operate. It, 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 as many of my bosses, my dear mother, okay, <laughs> they have all commented. Um, I, I tend to um, do things and then just say, oops, sorry, okay? Um, <laughs> I and, hope you didn't mind and, me invading Canada. Canada, right? <laughs> uh, and, 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 but you are correct. I mean, that that is – Okay, so the, the the law I'm talking about, and we will put this on on our reference guide, uh, the War Powers Resolution, which which is not a very big law. Okay, it was passed um, uh, at the tail end of the Nixon administration. The United States Congress grew frustrated uh, because, um, in, in part, Nixon ran for office, ran for the office of president, and said he was going to lead the country out of the Vietnam War. But then, wait, is this the first election or the second election? Um, uh, actually, uh, both. Uh, okay. Both of his efforts, he said, "Hey, I'm going to get us out of the uh, out of the Vietnam War." 
Uh, but then Congress and the rest of the country ends up finding out that he goes ahead and puts troops in Cambodia, uh, Laos, okay, and, and in some ways was actually ramping up the war to but- put pressure on North Vietnam before, okay, the war could be negotiated to an end. And this upset Congress. Because Congress was just like, hey, wait a minute here. Although one can understand that strategy. Oh, sure. I mean, if you invade the neighboring countries and you use that to put leverage. I I understand why. Why why he did it. Why you'd want to do it. But I'm not sure I agree with the overall choice. But I understand why. In both parties, both Democratic and Republican. Can't have enjoyed that. Okay. We're like, hey, wait a minute here. We're now at a point to where we've had – uh, successive presidents basically lie to us and the country in regards to our involvement in Vietnam. And in part, uh, what we're talking about here is the Pentagon Papers. Uh, the Pentagon Papers. Daniel. Uh, uh, Ellsberg. Ellsberg, okay. thank okay. you. Uh, Ellsberg, uh, who had worked in a classified position for the RAND uh, uh, Corporation, the RAND Corporation for decades have done classified studies for the federal government. Um, and uh, and regular stuff. I mean, you can oh, yeah. see a lot of their oh, stuff sure. if you go on. I mean, their they do website. all kinds of yeah. They do all kinds of you know studies uh, about you know policing, homeland security, etc. Right. Okay. Okay. They're a highly respected, They're highly corporation. respected. The Rand Corporation did a study uh, that ended up being uh, referred to as the Pentagon Papers, which basically chronicled um, how the United States got involved in Vietnam as far back as the Eisenhower administration, right? Whoa. Yes, as far back. Uh, the Eisenhower administration uh, sent military advisors to Vietnam uh, to oh, advise— that's always the way it starts. Is, yes. I should send military advisors to Canada. Sure. You know, hey, tell them that you're sending them advisors so that they can better go ahead and protect their border. And in the process, figure out all the ways that we can go ahead and send Americans over the border. Okay. I mean, you see how this works? Yeah. Okay. Will you be my Invasion Canada advisor? Um, I, I, I don't really want to invade Canada. I happen yeah. to like Canada. I like Canada. That's okay. why I want Canada. I, 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 I think it would make a lovely northern territory. <laughs> And then it could have its own counties. Like we could just call the different the different. Um, I, I, I know this is probably going to be a little surprising to you, maybe some of our readers, but I'm actually um, um, quite a bit of a dove as it relates to foreign policy. Uh, I'm not a big fan of U.S. excursions around the world. But this isn't around the world. This is next door. I mean, really, this is like you building hedges in your next door neighbor's yard. Some people could consider it a gift. Look, I I gave you some hedges. Isn't that lovely? I I actually, when I bought my uh, house, my current house, I actually took down a whole bunch of hedges uh, between me and one of my neighbors. Oh, you're that guy. I I, I am. Okay. Okay. So so I invade Canada gently. Yes. Gently, because I don't want to hurt anybody. Okay. I invade so, Canada because I'm trying to take all the Tim Horton coffee and donuts for myself. Yeah. And because hey, I, Canada, I, I, I think, would make a lovely topping to the nation. I think it would be wonderful. I, I, and I, it would give us clear access to the I, to the I, Arctic. I, fair Just enough. Saying, there's some okay. positive stuff there. Fair enough. So then I have to come back to Congress and I have to say, oh, by the way, last week I kind of sort of invaded Canada. Yes. But nobody got hurt and everything's fine. Yes. 
then what does Congress do? Well, then Congress has a choice. Um, Congress then can um, pass a resolution um, uh, requiring you um, to stop whatever you've done. Um, to uninvade Canada? Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Or they can give you an extension, okay, on your activities. But then you, at the end of the extension, you have to report back, okay? Okay. So they yes. could say, you can stay in Canada for 30 days, but if it doesn't seem to be working out or we're losing yes. lots of troops or the, the, you know, the Canadians resist, resist. Yeah. or they all just yeah. move 30 miles north or yeah, whatever, right. well, then yes. you have to come back to us and yeah. ask us for more Yes. What, more people or more or permission, permission to but, stay? Yes. I mean, because ultimately you're going to need budget. What if I don't go? What if I don't go to Congress? Okay. Well, then here's the rub. Okay. Okay. What if I'm just like okay. fooey on you, Congress? Okay. I did it and there's nothing you can do about it. Every presidential administration, starting with the Nixon administration, has produced a memo from the Office of Legal Counsel of the White House, which has declared the War Powers Act as unconstitutional. It has never been challenged in federal court because though Congress has used the War Powers Act, okay, as a threat, they have never, okay, followed through with any of the provisions of the War Powers Act. So to give you an example, the most recent one in the thing that got you thinking about invading Canada was the Trump administration uh, went ahead and assassinated whom? Um, Soleimani, Mr. Soleimani. Soleimani, okay. Uh, the defense, General Soleimani? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, I don't know yeah, his title. The Minister of Defense for the uh, Iranian government, okay? Yes, and um, quite an architect of, uh, of, of violence, violence, mayhem, destruction, chaos. Throughout, okay, throughout he was sort the, of Captain Chaos. Yeah, throughout the Middle East. Okay, by so all not the, exactly a warm figure. Yes. Okay, and according to me, most Western democracies, a bane. Okay, a bane to their to their collective and individual existence. Okay. Right. On the other hand, okay, because President Trump didn't notify Congress beforehand that he was going to do this. Okay, people in Congress, both political parties, primarily Democratic, but even some Republicans are like, hey. Why did you do this? Is this a prelude to war? Now, right? Are you hoping the Iranians will react, react which will allow us, us to react, react, and then and, and then next, and then eventually it escalates relates, into some sort of conflict, a formal conflict, formal conflict. Because one could argue that we are already in an informal conflict okay, situation. Which, that's right. Okay, with a lot of nations. I, I mean, but particularly with the Iranians, since uh, their Iranian hostage situation of uh, what uh, nineteen seventy-seven. 78, 78, 78, yeah, 78, 79. 444 four days. days. That's right. Okay, so, uh, you know, a year and a third, okay? That's a uh, long time to hold you know, hostages. Just, that's right. And they were released the day after Reagan was inaugurated, is that? Or that, the day after he was elected? No, inaugurated. Inaugurated. Okay, uh, he, he got inaugurated day after they came home. So, um, uh, uh, so you have this situation where you have two constitutional clauses that seemingly are in conflict. On one hand, as members of Congress like to tell us, only Congress can declare war. 
On the other hand, in Article 2 of the Constitution, the president is the commander-in-chief of the nation's military. So historically, presidents have defined commander-in-chief as the ability to make war. Notice the difference between the two verbs. Make and declare. Declare, okay? Declare, I declare that coffee is a great beverage, okay? I've declared it, okay? (laughs) Does it mean that— Does it mean anything? anything? Does it mean anything? Nope. Okay, does it mean that some people are going to challenge my declaration? Maybe, okay? Does it mean that all adult Americans have to drink a whole bunch of coffee? No, okay? Because even if I was in Congress, unless I passed a law— Okay, they gave the bureaucracy the authority to force all adult Americans to drink coffee. All I did was declare that coffee is a good substance. It's a good beverage. I like it. Okay, (laughs) but if you can make war, okay, well, then you could make make, every adult in the United States States at least purchase coffee. coffee, Yes, or I suppose you could coffee board them. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, just like <laughs> if water you board. really wanted to yes, force the issue. issue, right? Uh, okay, so, let so me, can I ask a? Yeah. Sorry, can I ask yeah, yeah, another question? Yeah. So similarly, you can declare your independence. I am independent of Britain, mm-hmm. but until you have a war that actually forces Britain to get out. So, yeah. So what? You've declared. I mean, yes. you can declare anything you want to declare. Sure. I see. Okay. Yes. So. It, it, and this is the rub, right? Because. So Congress can say, we declare war on Iran. But if the president doesn't send troops there. Yes. Then their declaration is empty. Yeah, it's empty. And, and think about this. The last time Congress officially declared war was World War II. Pretty much every president since. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, okay, have sent U.S. troops into harm's way without declarations of war. Well, and one could argue that the last successful war we prosecuted was, was World, World War, War II. II. Yeah. Like, you need to have congressional if you will, buy-in, ac- buy-in or, acquiescence, support, okay? Because they represent people's support. That's right. I mean, we didn't—there was not a huge amount of—I don't think Korea was as divisive nearly as Vietnam, but, I mean, there was not huge support for Vietnam in large pockets of the United States. Yes. Same with the ensuing further wars that we've been in. Yes. So, I mean, and, 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 and this is the thing. You know, many, so that's interesting. Uh, I never I mean, really thought about okay, many that dem- you need that support in order to successfully prosecute a war. Yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, even some of our, you know, favorite presidents, okay, um, took liberties with this notion that only Congress can declare war. I mean, Lincoln went ahead and responded to the Southern states that had seceded before Congress ever declared war. And he actually got the United States Supreme Court in the prize cases to go ahead and say, yeah, he can respond. Okay. There is evidence that some of the framers understood that they created a bifurcated system because many of the framers understood that Congress would be a slow moving body. And in foreign affairs, Okay, things happen fast. Right. You might have to respond quickly. Right. 
So are you going to? If Canada invaded us, we would have to respond. Well, I don't know how. I don't know how threatening that would be. But but, but, but it would still be. I mean, we would have to respond respond. in some way. Okay. So now, can you? Okay. And and I've said this to a number of my students who are like, you know, you know what Trump did, okay, in assassinating, you know, Soleiman, okay, was unconstitutional. I'm like. Well, not according to the practice and precedent set by a long number of presidents, okay? Whether it be Obama with Libya, okay? Bush, too, okay, you know, started a global war on terrorism with an authorized use of military force. That wasn't a declaration of war. It just basically went ahead and said, Congress— Okay. So Agrees that you can go kick butt. Kick butt. Okay. For this. For this purpose. For this purpose. Okay. For this initial action. Okay. Which turned into you know, sort of a larger. The Clinton administration, Haiti, uh, uh, Kosovo, okay, Bosnia. Um, um, oh, and then Reagan was well, Noriega, even, right? Like, uh, well, well, Reagan, you know, Grenada in uh, Lebanon. Okay. Right. Uh, Bush won. Okay, uh, Gulf uh, War, uh, uh, the Persian Gulf War, Kuwait. Okay, in, in the in, in the uh, in, in the first uh, Bush administration, Bush one's administration, he was explicit. He got the United States Congress to go ahead and you know give its blessing, but he made it very clear publicly, I don't have to. Right, I'm going to do this one way or another. Okay, think about and as a guy who had formerly run the CIA, he probably had. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he was probably like, dude, yeah, yeah. I've studied this enough to know yeah. what are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, okay. But I mean, so here's my – so I have – then I'm left with another question, which is – well, I'm left with lots of questions, but um, about this specific thing. So – so well, and sorry to your for, to your earlier point, which I did want to mention, anybody who's used drone warfare – has engaged in some of this sure. behavior where you just assassinate somebody uh-huh. without trial, without right. So that that's kind of a gray. Without, you know, that's wait, a very gray area. Yeah, without allowed, congressional approval. Right. That we've allowed presidents to, to yes. exercise that authority. So, so really, what this comes down to is slowly over time. What you're saying is from Eisenhower ish forward, or maybe from Roosevelt ish forward. It's been a slow um, shift of power between the Congress yes. and the executive. Yes. Where initially with World War II, I mean, I don't think Roosevelt would have been successful just declaring war in Europe. Like he needed buy-in. He needed yes. Congress to be – because we were pretty isolationist at that point. We, 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 we were kind we, of – We still were, yes. And so – so now you get this sort of presidential eking away, like scraping off a little bit and a little bit and a little bit by each president until now. Um, we have, modern we, presidents, and, and I'm not just talking about Trump, also Obama, also Bush, also Clinton, also Bush, one, uh, Bush Reagan, one, Reagan, all of them um, felt comfortable. Sure. Because saying, their predecessors had, had, had in similar situations – um, uh, taken steps as commander in chief, um, and by and large, the United States Congress acquiesced. 
I mean, the War Powers Act was one of the few instances where the Congress was just like, you know, no, we have a role in this with the president. But every president since the War Powers Act was passed has basically gone ahead and said, yeah, we think it's unconstitutional. We dare you to apply it because this is going to end up in court. And no one has. And nobody has. Okay. Because they're is that because they aren't sure they'd win? I, I think I think members of Congress, okay, get upset, but at the end of the day, okay, uh, their legal counsel tells them, "Do you guys want, you know, to go to court, okay, and potentially lose, okay, on this particular foreign affairs event?" So, you know, the question well, for, you know, for many scholars is what would be the event, OK, that would actually force Congress to go forward and apply the War Powers Act, OK, even to the extent of defending it in court? Oh, it might be invading Canada. It could be invading Canada, <laughs> right? I mean, really? Uh-oh. You invaded Canada? Canada? Right? Right? They're so nice. What, what were, were you thinking? thinking? Right? <laughs> Okay, but here's the other thing, and and I tell my students this in constitutional law. Um, you know, many of them don't like Trump. Okay, so they're just like, you know, Congress should go ahead and exercise its constitutional authority. I said, okay, guys, but we just got done spending three weeks talking about how historically, the federal courts, particularly the Supreme Court, doesn't like to get involved in foreign affairs disputes between the Congress and the president. The Supreme Court historically has viewed Okay, foreign affairs and military affairs as political questions that the political branches should work out amongst themselves. I am hard pressed to go ahead and see liberals or conservatives, strict constructionists or loose constructionists on the court wanting to weigh in on a dispute, no matter who is the president. Yeah, it seems to me that the only disputes that they want to weigh in on of that type are the ones where you talk about, like for Guantanamo, what court... Those cases Cases ended up in, what rules they were held held to, to, their their area of expertise, expertise. which is the law. How are we going to apply apply fair and equitable? Yeah, we don't like Congress or a president saying we don't have the jurisdiction. Exactly. Okay, we Uh, have – Yeah, yeah, we we do. We we have the jurisdiction, (laughs) okay – and now that we've gone ahead and reclaimed the jurisdiction, yeah, this particular dispute, we don't want to have anything to do with. That's you all's mess. You figure it out. Okay. So yeah, they yeah, do they, – there yeah, is some, some – Yeah. Like prisoners of war, war they're interested in how those people are tried. Yes. How those people are – how that's all handled. handled but, but how you get to having prisoners, prisoners of, of war, war is not their business. No. And it, they prefer it, to stay it, out Yeah, of because – so that's good. Yeah. They're, it, and in fairness to Trump um, – He's not doing anything that the presidents before him no. have not done. He's following precedent, sure, which is to eke out a little bit more of that sort of what can presidents do. And I don't recognize this this act as being a legitimate constraint upon me. Yeah, remember, remember, Nia. And I mean, I, it's not like he uh, killed uh, Queen Elizabeth. Okay, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. sorry, but yeah. I mean, is yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a party that wasn't in any way involved yeah, I mean, with I mean, any of our disputes I mean, they're, they're, or any of our, they're, they're, you know, he's not, he it, it, didn't kick a puppy. Yeah, he, I, mean, I, I mean, 
I don't think that anybody deserves to be assassinated. Like, that's not okay. my what okay. I'm saying. I don't think either either one of us are. But, but I mean, in this but particular in this instance, it's more understandable because of yes the position of the individual and the position of this government. And, and, and remember too, uh, Nia, and and I know I forced you uh, um, and your classmates to read this uh, when you were getting a master's degree in Homeland Security and Federalist Fifty One. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the federal. Federalist Papers, uh, for those of you who've not read them, uh, were written by uh, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and James Madison uh, in defense of the of the then proposed Constitution. In Federalist Fifty One, Madison was writing uh, in response to those who didn't like the proposed Constitution, the Anti-Federalists, and he was talking about the separate but shared powers arrangement of the federal government. And one of the things that he said was, we assume that those who occupy positions of government authority will be ambitious, that by forcing the branches to share power, ambition will check check ambition. So for somebody like a James (laughs) Madison, he would basically go ahead and say to the Congress, if you guys don't like how successive modern presidents have slowly accumulated even more power in the realm of foreign and military affairs. Then you should do something about it. You should do something about it, right? Either you should amend the Constitution, you could make a law, uh, theoretically uh, constraining the president's power, yes. or you could take him to court yes. and try to force the courts to make a or use or your, all of those. Or use your budgetary authority. Okay. Oh, that's okay. true. I'm not going to fund your yeah, you know, your you, incursion into yeah. Canada. You, you, Let's see how you do with invading Canada when you have no money. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you mentioned uh, um, the use of drones to attack enemies. Right. Okay. Terrorist. I'm not a big fan of that. Okay. I'm not a big fan of it either. I, have I understand to, you know, the principles, principles of saving American lives. lives. I get that. But it, it's hard for me to sort of be death from the sky. That's kind of I would, uh, that feels I would, Orwellian, big brothery. I would like greater accountability measures. Right. Okay. I, I could. Okay. But, that's a good way to put it. But, you know, the United States Congress could go ahead and say to any presidential administration, whether it be their president or a president of the opposition opposition party, okay, um, until you establish a better process, we are defunding the drone program. Congress could do that, okay? Now, or we're defunding all of defense. Good luck with that. Yeah, right. We will bend you to our will very, very quickly because that's a huge part of our economy. Yes, I mean that. that okay, that's a huge number of federal employees that would be saying, uh, "But that would I'm re- not getting a paycheck." That would require members of Congress, okay, to, oh, okay. to have stones, okay, to have a backbone, but also work across the aisle. And convince- oh, that's true because no one group okay. could probably get that through. Yeah, I mean because you know. Every every majority, or excuse me, every minority political party, okay, you know, in Congress, whatever party doesn't have control of both houses of Congress, always thinks that in the next presidential election, okay, our party's nominee is going to win, and we're going to retake 
majority control of Congress. So they don't want to hamstring their their party's president in the future. So you got to convince the minority party, hey guys, even if you got even if you in the future will be the majority party, you must be willing to go ahead and uh, rein in the office of president, no matter who is president. And that's difficult to convince. Right, because they're expecting that eventually so he, their party will be back in the yeah. in control of the presidency. Okay. I'd like to give back power. Like, what person would say, what person in history has ever said that who had power? Oh, no, mm-hmm. I have too much power. Here, have some back. back. Yes. That's not, a, that's not a thing that we generally see happen. So, I mean, uh, I had my concerns of what Trump did. On the other hand, I also have my concerns of what the United States Congress has allowed a succession of modern presidents to do, because the way it's set up structurally, Congress should push back anytime any president, whether you like the president, whether or not you liked a particular action, Congress should push back. Okay. Whenever they do something like that. Okay, because it is a shared power. Congress has plenty of foreign affairs powers. Okay, the fact that they've gone ahead and delegated most of them to the executive branch, and then every so often go ahead and say, "I can't believe that the you know president insert name did this thing." Well, you let him do that. Yeah, you let him do that thing, right? You know, it's it's you've encouraged it by not not pushing back. back. Yes. So of course the. I think that what may be missing here is that presidents are essentially cats. So if you let the cat, <laughs> if you let the cat sit on part of your keyboard, oh yeah, eventually the cat's going to be all the way across your keyboard and playing with your mouse and potentially having their tail in front of your screen, because if you give a cat an inch. It will take your entire keyboard. Right? I, mean, like, I, I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's what it, I mean. It, you know, it for, is the nature of of ambitious, self absorbed creatures. creatures. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which politicians? I mean, I mean hey, I, level, I, I'm a dog lover. Okay, but I dog lovers know this. If you allow your dog to go ahead and sit on one piece of furniture, oh. you, you better be willing to let the dog sit on all pieces of furniture. And if you let them up on the on bed, bed, you better be willing to be pushed out, out of, of the bed. Right. Because okay, dogs in the middle of the night are going to go ahead and stretch out, and they're going to push against that great creature that feeds them every day, walks them, etc. They do what, bite the hand that feeds, feeds them. them. Okay, because that, that's what dogs do, right? And again... And and I and I hear people go ahead and say this. If I was president, I would never do this. Oh yes, you would. Well, because, because if you're president, when you come into office, okay, you understand that you have these huge responsibilities. People are expecting you to defend the nation. It's incredibly pre- incredible amount of pressure. For, that's right. Okay. Keep us safe. Keep keep us, all of us safe. That's right. Okay. Make it keep me safe, but. Make it so I can travel where I want. I can never have to learn another language. I can always just speak the language that I grew up here speaking. I mean, a lot of Americans aren't bilingual. Yeah, that's right. Right. And I can still and my money will be taken anywhere. Yes. And my word will be taken anywhere. So go ahead and do that. But no pressure. I mean, I'm sure presidents are like, okay, you know that that's not a reasonable set of expectations, expectations. but we have them. Generally speaking, not just (laughs) Americans, but most people from their country think that... And and think about how we reward 
presidential candidates. They go ahead and tell us all kinds of things that they're going to do as president, many of which they can't deliver on. But we end up picking people who make outrageous campaign promises to us. So when they come into office, okay, many of them are like, I said I was going to do this. Even if they come into office and figure out, oh, my God, I can't do this. But I can get close. I can get close. Or I need to be seen like I'm I'm doing doing this. Or trying to do this. Okay. And, And we as voters reward that overreach. Hell, we picked them because, because of that overreach. overreach, right? Okay, you know, and again, I tell friends all the time, you know, we should pay attention to what presidential candidates say they're going to do in office because most of them won't be able to achieve what the hell they say they're going to achieve. Okay, But what's weird is we punish people for being realistic. Sure. We punish candidates sure. who say, we can't do that because we don't have enough money to do that. We, we don't right? have enough money. We or don't have enough, enough social support. support we don't, whatever it is. We say, oh, that's not a can-do attitude. Yes. We reward people who say, I shall turn the moon to cheese. because. When's the last time we elected a president who actually, on the campaign trail, said, yeah, if you elect me as president, we're not going to get all that much done. Right. <laughs> right. We're going to be moderately successful. You know? You know? Our have, color, our colors for the campaign are beige and tan. Yes, right. Like we're just, just going to be sort of neutrally. You know, hey, you know, uh, the, the office of president really doesn't have that much constitutional power, and unless I can go ahead and convince convince those jackals in Congress, okay, to give it, me this isn't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> okay, but pick me as president, anyways. Nobody would pick uh, that person. Nobody. Nobody. Right? Would, we like we like people to be. Um, emotionally and rhetorically um big yeah broad expansive we want them to be we want them to be forceful think about how we reward passionate think how we rewarded uh, as american voters president carter okay he gets elected comes in and goes ahead and talks about how the country is suffering a malaise Okay, <laughs> that we're going to have to tighten our belts. We're going to have to consume less oil. We're going to have to put on a sweater. We're going to have to put on right. a sweater. We're going to have to go ahead and dial back our thermostats <laughs> in our houses. Okay, et cetera, et cetera. All extremely For, reasonable. Well, yes. Very, he sounded just like your dad. Yes. Right? Okay. And we all were like, oh my gosh, we elected our dad. Never mind. Yes. So in 1980, we go ahead and. Uh, we and, get an actor. Uh, yes. You know, the great communicator. Right. We get okay. an actor who can read his speech better than just about anybody. Yeah. He goes ahead and promises us a uh, balanced budget. Star Wars. Right? Like, I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. And okay, we're like, and, and, woohoo, I'm in. Okay. And I'm not beating up on Reagan. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm just saying, as American voters, Okay, okay. We send terrible messages to presidential ca- uh, 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 candidates. Okay, particularly any of those who dare, you know, say, you know, very realistic things. Think about Walter Mondale. In a presidential debate, he was asked, "Would you raise taxes?" And he goes, "Well, to do some of the things, okay, that I think the country needs to do, we may have to raise taxes." He got drummed. He got beat up. Okay, I, I think he lost to Reagan 49 states to one. The only state that voted for him was his home state of Minnesota, right? Okay. Think about what kind of message that sends to a presidential candidate. Yeah. You Don't know. say that. Okay. Keep, you know, keep your promises really realistic. Hell no. No. Promise the moon. Okay. Right. Because we, that's who we vote for. Well, and, um, and 
I I personally am not uh, thrilled with um, uh, drone strikes as weapons. I'm not a fan. But I also understand <laughs> that part of the president's job is to respond to our id. It's to respond to our collective sort of, that's a bad guy, and you should kill to him. Them. Yeah. Because in the movies, the bad guy wears a black hat. He's clearly the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. And so it's okay <coughs> to do him in. Right? Yes. Osama bin Laden. Yes. The hunt for Osama bin Laden, which took years and, yeah. you know, and was was that was very much our American id of I want vengeance. I want this person to be punished because the things they do are bad in the world. Well, I think, Nia, after. Uh, and the, so the, I get the, the where night, Trump night. has to. Re- I mean, and Trump, whatever one may say about him, his id is very. Oh, it, apparent. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it, he's, it's, it's very apparent, and, and and he's tied into a huge segment of the American population exactly. who's just like, we don't put up with this bullshit, right? right? We don't but, let this guy go around killing people. people. Finish him off. Yeah. Okay. Show him what it. Show him what happens when you mess with when you, you know, kill the, innocent people, people and you, you mess with the United States and its allies. Okay. I, I, mean, I mean, I get it. There's a part of me that's like, I mean, yeah. Think, think post nine eleven, and then the other part of me that says, oh, but trial. Yeah. Right. Like there are yeah, yeah. things that I think. I mean, think about post 9-11. I mean, you and I, you and I have had this conversation. One of my big regrets post 9-11 is that the country didn't have a meaningful conversation about how we were going to respond to terrorism. Right. We just went ahead and did it. Right. OK. And there was only like one or two members of, you know, for, you know, of of of, of Congress who, who voted 538 people, people and like okay. three of them said, should we slow down we should, here? Slow down. Everybody else wanted to go go for it. Authorize use of military force. The Patriot Act, right? right. Vengeance okay. shall be ours. Okay. And, and, but intuitively, I understood it. Right. I was upset. It's not an unnatural to, reaction. Okay. But exactly. You didn't see the American public begin to have questions about the global war on terrorism until Bush got reelected and it was midway through his second term. Right. Okay. Six years on. Yeah. Six, seven yeah, years on. Second, Somewhere yeah, around okay. that. Um, and the people started going, hey, this isn't the this isn't this doesn't make me feel any better, better about what happened. happened. OK. That's really what. But that immediate response I get. Yeah. OK. Um, and when you're president. OK. I mean, do you want to be, do you want to look weak? I don't care who's president, okay? You don't want, okay? You don't want to answer the question, what would happen if someone raped your wife with, I don't know, I'd have to think about it. Yeah, which was George uh, 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 Dukakis' response to a debate question um, in the 1988 presidential election. And he was never forgiven for for that response. Because, and, and... Clinton gave the correct, well, what people perceive as the correct response, which was, I would be infuriated. And I would, I I think he answered basically, I would do I would, whatever I can to punish I, that person. I would do something about it. Okay. Which, and. Uh, but again, it, it, it's a. We fun, don't do well with moderation. moderation we with, don't do well with, with, I don't know, I need to stop and think about 
yeah. what the ramifications are of me vigilant, me engaging in vigilantism. Does that make me as bad as the person who did the thing? Yes. Right? Like, yeah. this, that's not how we react as humans. So even though I'm not um, a huge fan of what happened, I understand in part why Trump felt like, I got a shot at this guy. This guy kills people. He's chaos embodied. There are people all around the world who would be appreciative of this. Let's do it. Yes. And and and, and, and while I like I said, not a huge fan. I actually understand it. I just don't. I, uh, yeah. And, and, and I'm and, not sure in the long term it solves uh, it, the I'm, problem. Yeah. And, and I'm not enough of a foreign affairs expert to know how that destabilizes the Middle East right. or what that may mean in terms of an Iranian government response. Although it doesn't seem to have caused yeah. a huge – I mean, it seems yes, to have caused a proportional response. response. Okay. But all I know is, is somebody who studies – We say that now. We don't okay. know what six yeah. months from now. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, somebody who, t- who studies constitutional law, um, you know, if Congress, okay, wants to rein in the office of president – it can. Um, and um, uh, I think it may be high time that we start having some of these conversations. And it's not because the president is Trump. I mean, you right. and I— you, If I invade Canada, we should still have this discussion. right? Actually, probably more if I invade Canada. Canada, right? <laughs> Since, but, uh, you know. but, but, but you and I both um, are uh, less than enthusiastic about um, drone attacks. And the current policy about the use of drones was crafted by uh, President Barack Obama. Right. Okay. And I didn't like it when he did it. Okay. I, I think okay. that's part of what we talk about, about when we talk about civil discourse. discourse is, is the idea that the powers of the president, president aren't necessarily embodied by the person of the president. president. That's right. And you have to separate those two things. It is perfectly acceptable to dislike name X president here. Sure. Obama, Trump, Bush's, Bush's. Clinton, right? Whoever in your lifetime, it's perfectly acceptable to not like that person. But separating that from what the president should and should not be doing, I I agree with you that Congress needs to be having that discussion. And I agree with you that the other that the problem with that is that they're always expecting it'll be their guy next. That's right. And they don't want to hamstring his power. That's right. Currently, his power, maybe eventually her power. Yeah, his, her, their power. Their power. power. He doesn't want it. So. Don't call, don't call Trump to task for a thing that you would not also be willing to call, call your, president, your president if you're a Democrat or a libertarian, libertarian whatever party that's not the Republican Party. That's right. Don't don't because it's just two faced and and you know and it, and, it, and it's not productive in the end. Yeah, how, because I mean, because now you just look like a jerk and you look like an opportunist. I mean, you how look do, like how do we get to better government? Right. right? We make the rule for everybody, not just for one party or the other. If we're concerned about presidents engaging in behavior um, that then will lead the country into uh, a bigger war or causing a foreign affairs uh, crisis um, down the road, then that actually requires the president to consult with the United States Congress. Okay, To me, that would seem to be the better course of action no matter who is president and who's in control of Congress, right? I want that consultation. Right. Okay? 
And I understand there are some situations where you can't consult. There's an opportunity to go ahead and take out Osama bin Laden. Okay, get it, right? But at the same time, what would be what what would have been the harm in a president reaching out to the leadership of both houses in Congress and say, "We have this opportunity." Okay, it's an opportunity that exists, okay, for the next half day or the next two hours. Okay, unless there are serious objections, I'm going forward with this. Right. Right. A true sharing of power Power. in the sense of, no, a true sharing of responsibility. Responsibility, because that's the other thing. Right, is accountability. It's it's accountability. I mean, and the Supreme Court has said this in foreign and military affairs a number of times. When the president actually gets congressional approval, the court is even more willing to go ahead and say, go forward. Well, and the other, I mean, the thing about accountability and responsibility, right, is that if it is that you, nobody gets to say later, I, I wouldn't have done it. If they're consulted Salted. and they all go in, yes. they don't get to say later when it doesn't turn out the way they thought it was going to turn, turn out, it. well, he screwed that up. No, we screwed, screwed that, that up. And we're going to have to fix, fix it. it. Yes. So so you're suggesting that I don't invade Canada, I think, is what you're saying. I'm you're ca- saying that what I should do is consult Congress. Yes, get congressional See if get Congress is yes. on board. Yeah, get congressional buy Because I'm sure Minnesota, Michigan, New York, they'd probably be on board. I, I'm kind of they, I, I'm kind of sort of thinking that a number of of northern states on the Canadian border might say, "Man, that's some choice real estate there." Okay. Nice people. people. Nice people. They've got yes. they've got some working systems that we could yes. adopt. It would be cool. I mean, and they have Molson beer. Which is true. They have they have pretty <laughs> decent beer. They have decent beer. I'm st- yeah. Okay. They have decent beer and they have great poutine. Oh yeah. So mm, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if nothing else, yes. right? Okay. Um, and if you haven't had poutine, look it up. Oh, it's good uh, stuff. So good. Yes. Anyways. Okay. Yes. Well, then we will uh, talk again. I'm sure about other things that aren't the war powers. But thank you for having this discussion. Well, I appreciated it. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.